0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, uh, your weekly dose of film photography rambling. Uh, just the two of us here this week, uh, so it might be a little bit quicker than last week when Corey was our guest, especially seeing as that Graham's mum is visiting and he's actually sent her down to pub or put her out in the garden or something while we record. Uh, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I- I'm doing very well, thank you, Adia. Yeah, I had to get a babysitter in to look after my mum because... Um... She did say, oh, no, it's fine. I'll just sit there and listen whilst you record. I'm like, no, no, you will not, because um, you don't want to hear all the terrible things I say about you that uh, aid cuts out for me. So she's been packed off. So good. Good for
0: me. Good basically. for you. Well well done. Good, good, good. I was going to say good parenting. What's the opposite of parenting? Childing? Um,
1: good... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible son as well as a terrible father, but consistent in yeah. both of those
0: things. <laughs> okay, let's move swiftly on to something photography focused, shall we? Yarp. Okay. Uh, so I went out yesterday. Uh, it is the middle of October as we record this and in between bits of uh well quite cloudy and overcast weather yesterday i went out to shoot some autumn colour uh that's colour with a u in it of course uh unless and
1: and autumn with a fall in it but... well i was
0: going to say actually unless unless you're an american listener in which case i went to, out to shoot fall colour yesterday <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as uh, yeah we hear a lot about this sort of stuff on podcasts of course um uh, at this time of year and lots of people lots of photographers do workshops and and things like that um i'm very very lucky in that there's a, there's a place near me uh which is called the royal halter oh, i can't even <laughs> say it <laughs> the I, I don't know why they let me in, quite frankly, if I can't even say the name. It's a bit posh. It's called the Royal Horticultural Society Gardens, uh, RHS Wisley. And Wisley is a place uh, not far from me, uh, sort of on the southwest outskirts of London. Uh, beautiful place. Uh, although it turned out that I think I went about two weeks too early and I'm probably going to have to go back again. Because the the colours, plenty of yellows uh, yesterday, uh, not so many uh, reds and browns and oranges and things like that. Uh, but it's still worth a visit, uh, and it's worth being there to to spot what's looking good. And they even have a blackboard at the at the front gate, which I think is brilliant. They said like, what's looking good today. And they send you, yeah, you, know, you could. They can. They write on that every day. They change it every day, and and then you get an idea of where in the garden to go, which is fantastic. When I say garden, I mean, yeah, you know, it's 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 not like your backyard. It's enormous, um, and uh, it has all sorts of things. They've got orchards. They've got a glass house. They've got a, uh, a a fir tree forest type area. They've got a lake. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff there, and it's a beautiful place. And yeah, so. I felt, you know, out and about, shooting plants and stuff. I felt like I was channeling my inner Graham. Have you have you been shooting much, mate?
1: Um, I've been grabbing the odd snapshot here and there. Uh, you're quite right that it's a little bit early yet. The one really good thing about my job is that I see the stuff every single day, and so I've got a really good feel of how stuff's changing. And things are slowly turning, but it hasn't got into full swing yet. Um, there's lots of berries out in the trees and the, certain trees have colored up quite nice and early, but it's going to be another couple of weeks or so, I think, before you really, really start to see the color. But I'm very lucky because one, because of the gardens that I work in, there's a lot of opportunity to shoot great color, but two, because of the area that I live in, um, I live in rural Oxfordshire and just driving down some of the roads around here can be spectacular. There's an amazing color. Um, I did go out for a walk in the woods uh, yesterday. However, it was at that point uh, eight o'clock at night, I think, um, and so there may have been autumn colour. I could not tell you. It was pitch black, uh, but the thought was there, if nothing else. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great time of year to be getting out and just making the most of this spectacular scenery that's going on. What are you shooting with at the moment, Aid? Well, uh, those
0: who have been uh, following the Twitter account and know that there's been a little bit of a discussion about what what camera sits between a Holger and a Bronica. You
1: know <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we trying to answer this question so we can explain that slowly and clearly to Corey because uh, he doesn't think anything exists between
0: well it's it's an interesting point uh, and i don't think and i think probably because of who i am and how i like to shoot i'm not looking for some sort of 1920s folding camera which probably would fit the bill um, yeah what's wrong with you yeah, well, you know, I'm just, you know, a 21st century kind of guy, you know. That's 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 how I roll. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but w- with my roll film. But uh, hey, uh I would, went out yesterday and I took the Bronica. I mean, you you can't uh, I can't with the, with my uh, camera collection, which, you know, for the record, is nowhere as large as yours as we all know, but uh with my camera collection, you cannot do better for capturing uh, landscape stuff than, than the Bronica that I have. It is beautiful. And of course, uh, you know, at this time of year, you have to be shooting Ectar.
1: Well, I mean, Ectar is a great choice, but I'm going to leap in here because I know that there are lots of people listening who are already going, What, what, what? You should be shooting slide film at this time of year. You know that, right? I mean, I understand why, for convenience sake, you're shooting Ectar, but. You know you should be shooting slide film, right? You should have Velvia right up the wazoo with that Bronny.
0: Well, I probably should. I probably should, but uh, I don't. You know, I don't. Uh, I, I'm more about the capture than I am about the process. I think, and a lot of these things. And uh, I, I have used slide film, but I guess I probably don't feel very confident with it. I, it's, you know, it, you know, anecdotally, legendarily, however you want to put it, um, you know, the dynamic range from a slide film uh, is, is what you sacrifice for all the very vivid colours. And whilst I've tried it in the past, I don't know that I trust myself or my Bronica uh, and the meter on my Bronica uh, enough uh, to, to really make that work.
1: Uh, you should be more confident. I, I've i shot a roll of, uh, I'm sure it was Velvia 100, expired Velvia 100, obviously, although that probably doesn't need to be said. It's just a given at this point. But um, I shot a roll through my Bronica two or three years ago now and just used the internal meter. I wasn't doing any separate metering and that came out just fine. And, there is really nothing that can compare if you're taking pictures for the color if that's the reason for the season as it were there is nothing that can compare with it um i mean just holding the slides themselves on the roll it's amazing i i keep thinking i've not got that much stuff that i shot on slide but i've got a few rolls now i'd love to do something with this make a a lampshade out of it or something just like i enjoy <laughs> seeing them all the time because it, it's beautiful and yes the latitude is it's narrow um you certainly can't fudge it the way that you can with uh something like ektar but if you're going out you know in the daytime and you're not shooting super contrasty stuff i feel reasonably confident trusting that it's going to do a good job and if not now, then when? I suppose is the best question. If if, if ever there was a time to be shooting slide film, it has to be now.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's interesting you say about you know the the light and and it not being too contrasty. I mean, yesterday, sadly, it was a it was lacking in contrast. I mean, I think you know over the years I've developed. Uh, a, a fondness, if not a style for, but at least a fondness for shooting in quite bright, uh, harsh conditions in daytime uh, Yeah, with, mm. with, with yeah, very contrasty, bright sunshine, hard shadows, that kind of thing. And that's something that I actually look for, uh, not just in the black and white shooting I do, but you know, in the color shooting as well. And mm. I try to play with that. Um, and uh, But yesterday, sadly, there, there wasn't enough of that I did get through uh, most of a roll of film So I probably shot, I don't know, maybe 10 shots uh, while I was out in the gardens uh, Happily yesterday uh, and today, yeah, little bits of sunshine I was able to finish off the roll mostly in my own back garden actually Because there's a few colours starting to appear in my own back garden now but it was—I uh, uh, don't know—but even so, I was still—I was leaping out this morning to take photographs and finish off the roll when the sun came out and shone brightly and harshly. Um, so, I—I I don't know. Uh, you're probably—you're yeah. probably right. Yeah, yeah. There are any number of ways to do this, uh, but I do love shooting with Ektar, um, even when it makes people's faces go red. Um, <laughs> But I wasn't really out shooting photographs of people yesterday. Yeah, there's a couple of you know, of my kids as they were running around this place, you know, but actually I was looking for the colours. So I'm looking forward to see what happens. I've put in the post today a roll of Ektar shot yesterday and today. Uh, a couple of rolls of our Ag for Poundland film, uh, which I've been shooting out on the streets of London and uh, rounding about the place over the last couple of weeks. So uh, give me a week or so, 10 days, and I should have plenty of stuff to share. And maybe, if I'm lucky, i'll get that roll of ektar back in time to you know have a look at it and and study it and figure out what i should be doing differently uh when i go out in about two weeks when the trees are ready
1: no that's awesome um i mean i, I suppose i haven't personally used ektar in its most uh optimal way cause I, i'm trying to remember i think so far i've only shot ektar through pinhole cameras um which obviously isn't going to show it in its most punchy, contrasty way possible, anyway. So I've not got the best appreciation of it from that sense. But um, you're right. I think if you if you were going to give slide film a try, you wouldn't want to be doing it in the most contrasty because it won't cope with that. Uh, you do need slightly more soft lighting. But that said, oh boy, when you, I'll try and remember to stick um, a couple of the pictures I took up when I last shot some slide film and didn't cross process it. I know that I've got um, a roll of Velvia um, in one of my Bronica backs at the moment, which I need to finish up. I think I've also got a roll of Velvia in my Yoshika 635, um, which, again, I also need to finish up. This could be a great month for me finishing up some rolls of Velvia. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard
0: that before, mate.
1: I know. <laughs> I, I don't even want to sit and try and work out how many cameras I've got filming at the moment because I think it would just upset me. Um can we just talk about the Bronica for a moment? Because I know that you and I have both had ours now for a couple of years. And I also know that neither you nor I get them out often enough. But when you do, that camera's just a delight, isn't it? Uh, It's awesome.
0: I you know I have the Bronica E T R S I, so it was the last of the line in in terms of the models. But of course you know the 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 model number on the Bronica is a bit weird because you know that little box that goes in the middle that they call the camera is only about one out of twenty bits that you need to stick together. <laughs> so I was show I was showing my boy yesterday actually how it all comes apart, and he was just gobsmacked. Yeah, you know, he was like, so so what comes off next, Dad? What comes off next, Dad? And so no. in the end. You have uh, you know on the sofa in our living room about twenty bits of Bronica and yeah. like, right. So how'd you put it back together? <laughs> and uh, but I tell you what, I did. I showed him uh, the waste level finder. And he yeah. thought that was brilliant. He said, oh, so so a film camera can have a screen on it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. He's You're not, not wrong. wrong. He's not wrong. I and, mean, of course, it's nowhere near as big as Ronald's screen. But, you know, it's yeah, the, the the waste level finder on the Bronica. Um, he was really intrigued by that because, you know, I, I mean, I, I share my cameras. I, even though my kids are young, I let them shoot them, but not usually the film ones just because it's a waste of film. I'm yeah. very happy for them to have my food gxt1 or or whatever you know and uh you know and, and use those sorts of things uh and uh, but he was really showing an interest in in the bronica yesterday i mean it, it's an interesting camera and uh, you know and i i love it and it's uh and it, it is a joy to use and do you know what uh i had it over my shoulder all, all day yesterday as i was walking around and uh it's not as heavy uh as i had uh remembered it to be yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 yeah of course it's it's a heavy camera and it's heavier than your average you know 35 mil slr you know it's it's probably similar in weight to a a really professional dslr not that i ever really handle anything like that but it's it's um, you know, especially if you put some big glass on it. I mean, I, I usually shoot my Bronica with a 75mm lens, uh, you know, just the, the standard lens that they came with. Yeah. Uh, and that's just beautiful. Um, uh, and, you know, I for me, it has a real look. I don't think it's a Bronica look. I think it's a medium format look. You know, it's that and i've spoken about this before it, yeah the the look of compression that you can get um uh, from using medium format and i read a really uh, interesting but very technical article uh, a couple of days ago on f stoppers or something like that about uh, you know it's not the it's not the lens that gives you the compression it's the something it's the angle of view or something like that and uh, uh, anyway forget about the technicality but i always say that actually if you're if you've got a, a a longer focal length lens that is your normal field of view, you can have that normal field of view, you know, the equivalent of what I know a forty to fifty mil on a on a thirty five mil camera. You can have that field of view, uh, but you have it with a longer lens, and so because you stand further away, you get an element of compression. And for me, it it feel always feels to be a really intimate kind of a view and yeah i do love the bronica and i do wish i would shoot more with it
1: yeah it's i think you're right about the the, sort of the the compression and the medium format feel i think compared to cameras like the hasselblad the bronica's rendering it's it's quite clinical i mean it's getting the job done and it doesn't have quite that same soft feel to the outer focus areas that something like a Hasselblad does. You know, it is a it's a real workhorse camera and it is and I think maybe that's why it's not to everyone's taste because it is a bit more clinical in the way it delivers work. But the thing that I get so much pleasure from when I'm using it is just when you take a picture, that camera goes, you are taking a picture. I mean I've got a I've got the power winder on mine. <laughs> so it goes um how does that go again (laughs) that is a bagang um and I, i love it i just it really does feel like a monumental experience every time you fire that shutter um and i i love my i i do not use it enough i've got two rolls of film in i've got a couple of films backs for it and i think i've got portrait in one which i know that i've got about one or two shots left on it i went and tried to use it up earlier in the summer and just didn't manage to get the last couple of shots out and i've got a roll of uh, fuji velvio in there as well um and i just need to get and finish them both up but yeah they're, they're cracking cameras and for I, I think they have gone up slightly in price since i bought mine i was really lucky i think i bought my camera with the power winder and uh, the AE2 viewfinder which is the metered viewfinder that you look through like a normal SLR. Yeah, I've got that and as well. A, a couple of film backs, although one of them turned out to be buggered and three lenses, not the highest end of each of the lenses, but the 50mm, the 75mm and the 150, is it, eight? Yeah, uh, Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I got that for £400. Pounds. That's a, an incredible system for not much money and I know they've crept up a bit and you do have to shop around a bit, but you are not going to do better than that um uh, that's that's it's...
0: good that's with that number of lenses and what have you that's really good i mean i i i got mine uh, uh on what you might call a piss take bid on ebay <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh yeah i was like oh, yeah yeah i and i would started doing this on a number of them and, I, and you know i i was just putting um eBay sniper you know, setups just for an on a number of Bronicas and uh yeah with, with really low bids and one of them eventually paid off. So I got the Bronica with the 75mm lens and it's the good one. Mm. Uh with the AE2 Finder and uh that was about and a couple of backs and it's in really good condition as well. And I got that for 250. Yeah um, which was just I, at the time they it, it should have cost about 350 uh, and I but as I say you know sometimes you you, know, you if you take the piss it pays off
1: Yeah yeah they're great cameras. it sometimes feels a bit like the Bronicas are um looked um, no I'm not going to say look down upon. a lot of people really love the Bronicas but I don't they certainly don't have the kudos of things like the Hasselblads and even between the Mamias and the Bronicas I think the Bronicas are always the the second place one but uh, I've been exceedingly pleased with mine and, and that fact that they are tend tend to be looked down a little bit means you can get some really great bargains. And the lenses for them, if you pick one up, the, the three main lenses that I just talked about, the 50mm, the 75mm and the 150mm lenses, there's a lot of them out there and they are cheap. So you can add to your collection very easily. Um, there are a few different versions of each lens with some um, improvements between them. As Abe was saying, some versions are better than others. But that said, there's no bad ones there. (laughs) There no, really are. no, there um, aren't.
0: My, my, I've got the one fifty mil now, which I've picked up since really cheaply, and that's a slightly older version of it. So my seventy five mil one is, I think they call them the PE PE lens, uh, which is the I think was the the last generation that were you know the everybody you know it's the sought after one, and I I didn't mm. know that at the time. It just came with it, and I bought the one fifty mil lens, which is great. Um, I really like it, uh, uh, but it's not the PE lens. It's some other model of lens but yeah. they're all good I, I think you're right maybe we should start uh yeah given my success with the the sunny 16 selfie hashtag maybe we should start a love your bronica hashtag or something <laughs> like that
1: <laughs> that that sounds like it would be a very um unique hashtag yeah I, I think they're great and i think they're a great entry point and also not everybody clicks with square format We took the the Hasselblad is such a go-to medium format camera, and also with all the twin lens reflexes, like the Yashikas, which are very popular, and the uh, Mamiya reflex cameras, they're great. But square format isn't for everybody. Uh, I like using it sometimes, but it's it doesn't click for me in the same way. I know Corey was saying last week that he really likes six by six. That's the format that works for him. It's it's not. My natural format, maybe just because I haven't spent enough time with it. So these are a great alternative. And the results are just spectacular from it. Um, Yeah. Love love your Bronica. Hashtag love your Bronica.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's go with that. Right. So, uh, yeah, given that you've got any number of cameras that have got film still in them, given that you, you say yourself that you haven't used your Bronica enough, I understand you went shopping this weekend at a car boot sale?
1: Yeah. Now, I haven't posted anything about this up on Instagram for one very good reason. My partner looks at my Instagram account, (laughs) but she does not (laughs) listen to this podcast. So I feel safe enough saying, one, I snuck into a car boot sale when I technically should have been working, and I did find a few bits as well. So I thought I'd do a quick run through on the four things that I found. None of these were really bargains. I'm terrible at car boot sales. Some people go around and haggle and whatever, and, and I just go, how much for that? Okay, sure, I'll take it. So, uh, let's look. Item number one. Now, you remember a couple of weeks ago, Aid, we were talking about selfies, as we have been all this last month. Yep. And I said, you can get some long cable releases. Guess what I found at the car boot sale, Aide? <laughs> Go on. It's a long cable release. I found it's an ACO, which is spelled A-I-C-O, Remote Control Air Release. Um. It doesn't say on here how long it is, but I have actually unwound it and used it. And I'm going to say it must be at least four metres. I'm going to say at least four metres. And as I said when we were talking about it, it is an air release once you've got a bulb at the end. Um, it's a little bit inconsistent, but then it probably is I don't know how old. Um, I gonna guess 70s um the, the packaging very much makes it look like it's the 70s mm-hmm. um it's got its packaging oh yeah it's still in its box dude wow fact, cool I, i've i've got the um I think I'm have to find. I've got. It even came with the instruction pamphlet, which is just this hilarious little cartoon, which I will also. Does does it say
0: "screw one end in and press and blow the other end"?
1: (laughs) Oh, pretty much it does that. But with cartoons, it's great. The only thing with it is that because it is um, a rubber bulb, and after all these years, it's not quite as. I mean, whether it was ever a particularly good one in its day, who knows? But. I have to make sure cause I, when I'm at work, I always have headphones in. And so <laughs> I have to make sure to take my headphones out when I'm taking a picture so I can hear if the shutter has fired or not. Um, but when I talked last week about I, I don't even think if I even mentioned last week. Anyway, on one of my rolls of film, I've got a picture of me in one of my gardens hiding behind a bush. I look forward to that at some point in the future. But this is what I used to take it. So I, I found that and I had to buy it because obviously you you disputed the fact that they could be bought. I have found one the next day. Next thing, and again, this is another throwback to something we talked about a long time ago. Um, do you remember when we were getting really upset at Ian K for him showing us this picture of people making a lamp out of cameras? I do remember. Okay, what I found, this is a Kodak flash holder. Um, this is meant to go, This again, is in its original packaging, uh, it's meant to go with the folding Kodak brownie, which I don't have, unfortunately. But it's one of these big bowl-like flashings that you screw in the peanut bulbs and um so i am gonna get a little led light and turn that into a lamp because it's quite cool looking and i can mount on the camera so hell that's great not much more to say about that the, the big well, no, no yellow... hang
0: on hang on hang on i think there probably is something to say about that you what? bitched and moaned and whinged about these cameras that were being turned into lamp stands. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, but that's because that was destructive, Stan. You see, I can put an LED light in this without destructing anything. I can just put a little LED light in where the bulb is supposed to go. The flash remains as usable as ever it was. No no animals are harmed in the making of this lamp is the plan. Mm. Pretty good, huh?
0: Okay, all right. If you can do it in a non-destructive way, uh, then I'm impressed. Uh, Not because it can be done in a non-destructive way. Mostly I'm impressed that you can do it in a non-destructive way.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you on that. You were making a very fair and valid point. The next thing that I found, it was a really random assortment. I didn't buy any just ordinary cameras there because there was nothing there that grabbed me, but um, there were a couple of real crappy-looking Xenics, but i managed to avoid those. The next thing is a new-in-box Hammer bulk film um, loader. Um, What's that? that Okay, so you can obviously, we usually buy our film in 36 or 24 exposure rolls, but you can also buy bulk rolls of film uh, in, I'm going to forget what the exact lengths are, but I I think either something like 30 meters or 7 meters or something like that, you can get them in different lengths. Um, You buy these bulk rolls, you load them into a bulk film loader, and then you can just roll your own film so you get a cassette you can either buy um cassette specifically for it or if you're careful when you're uh taking your old film off and you leave yourself a bit of a leader to attach the film to you can just use old film spools and they are there's a huge range of films out there which you can get as bulk rolls or short bulk rolls on ebay and where have you that you can't really buy as individual films anywhere. And uh, the, I bought um, many years ago now a role. It was in the secondhand darkroom supply space, which I've talked about before. And he had a role of Ilford HP5. Now this is not <laughs> Ilford HP5+, which apparently came out in the early 1990s. This is Ilford HP5. So this is some old, old film. And I, it's a 30-meter roll of it, I think it was, I bought. And I loaded it into a film loader. And you've seen some of the results of this since then. You've seen some of my vintage film shots. It has a look to it. It does um, indeed. It's quite grainy. and um, But, you know, and I'm, I use it every now and again, not very often. but, But the problem is, especially for somebody like myself, when you real I mean, it takes me long enough to get through thirty-six exposures. To get through thirty meters is years and years and years. <laughs> so that film loader is tied up. I recently bought a seven meter roll of oh cricket, I'm gonna have to try and remember what it was now. Um, Polypan F film. So Polypan F is a black and white film, um, which is supposed to have really lovely glowy highlights and a really nice look to it. And it's a fifty ISO film and so I bought this roll on on, um, eBay. I think I talked about it at the time because I think I was blaming somebody for it. I can't remember who. I suspect it may have been load film and subdued light, but anyway, I'd seen somebody's pictures and went, oh, I like that, and I bought a bulk film loader to use that in. Uh, I haven't actually got as far as doing that yet, but I have the things there, but again, that's then going to tie up that one, so I saw this one there, and I think I paid, I don't know, £4 for it, but that means I can get another bulk roll of film loaded into that, and the big advantage to having a bulk film loader and bulk film is that it means you can do things like roll super short rolls of film. If you've got a new camera you want to test or something or um, a new technique you want to try, you can just load, I don't know, 12 frames worth or six frames worth. Um, So, and the fact that you can get all sorts of different stuff um, from eBay and just, you know, hunting around the internet, it's, admittedly, it's a lot better for somebody like myself who has the freedom to develop stuff at home. But um, yeah, it can can be great fun for doing more experimental stuff. Uh, And it's really easy as well. But once you've got the film loaded into the bulk film loader, which you have to do obviously in total darkness, after that, they're daylight loaders. So you put the film in, put the film canister in and tape the leader from the bulk roll onto the exposed bit of leader that you've got left on your uh, cassette, close the door up, wind, 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 open it up, snip, and you're ready to go. So that's really straight
0: That sounds quite straightforward, actually. Yeah,
1: it is. And as I said, do, do a quick eBay search for bulk film rolls, and you'll find all sorts of stuff on there. Um, unfortunately, it's as with so many things in film photography, the prices of stuff have got more expensive, and also the size of the rolls. A lot more people are buying... 30 meter rolls and then chopping them up and selling them off and making a profit on it which is you know fine I mean it, everybody wants to make a buck from this and then if it keeps stuff going but if you're the kind of person who wants to try different stuff and um, have access to a wider range of stuff it's definitely worth looking into so yeah that was my little hammer film loader which I'm quite pleased with okay third and final thing you're gonna love this because it's got an audio clue you have to you know, gonna get an audio cue and then you have to tell me what I gone done for.
0: Mm, go on then.
1: What's that sound?
0: I, I'm going to say it's a movie camera of some sort.
1: It is a movie camera! It is a Canon AutoZoom 518 SV Super 8 cine camera. Oh, sweet. I know. Well, so a couple of years ago um, for Christmas... I, and I'm going to make the worst faux pas here, I'm pretty sure it was my partner, not my ex-wife. But uh, my partner
0: bought <laughs> yeah, me... Good job neither of them listen.
1: Yep. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm sure it was my partner. Bought me an 8mm cine camera. And it's really nice and it's lovely, but it's purely ornamental. Because 8mm film isn't a thing anymore. And you know, it hasn't been for quite a while. So it's nice to look at, but it's not usable. Super 8, however is still a thing and in fact it's a thing which is undergoing a revival i've heard that Uh, actually
0: because kodak are doing it aren't they
1: kodak have just brought out in the last year a new super 8 camera which is fantastic um so i've i've certainly not been seeking one out because it's not a cheap thing to get into. Um, but I saw this one and it's in its case and it looked in good condition. And I don't know anything at all about Super 8 cameras. This one I'm sure is very much a consumer model. Um, a probably a very basic consumer one, but he wanted 10 quid for it. And it's like, well, life is short, the sun's shining, why not? Um, and since I got it, I came back and had a look. And there are places in this country where you can buy Super 8 film. It is as I said before quite an expensive thing if you want to give it a try. So
0: yeah, I mean I've st- understood that it's the the new Kodak system. They they sell as a package a, a cartridge with the film in it and all the processing and they send it you back as a digital video. Um but all of that for a 3 minute film is 60 pounds. I don't I'm, I'm probably getting that wrong, but it's quite pricey.
1: Yeah, everything up until this week, everything I knew about them and and what... Um, what resources that were available, I'd heard about through the Film Photography Podcast because um, Michael Rasso over there is very big on his film stuff and he talked about it at great length and that was fantastic to learn from them. Um, but obviously they're all based over in the States and what works for them doesn't work terribly well over here. So I did some research when I got here and there is a um, company called gaugefilm.co.uk which offers exactly that service. They will sell you the film and they've got a range of different films Films. They've got um, reversal film and negative film. Don't ask me how that works with film cameras, because at the moment, I don't know. I'll figure this stuff out later. But they do these different films, and they've got black and white. They've got colour, um, and they've got say, quite a good selection there. And they... Um, oh, there's a flashlight. I think there's have lightning going on here. Ray. That's exciting. Um, and it wasn't actually quite as expensive as I thought. I mean, it's not cheap, but it was 51 between 50 and £60, pounds, but more towards the 50 end of it, to buy the film, to send it back and get it scanned, and then they'll send you... I think you send it back to them with the USB stick, and then they do it. Um, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a lot of money for a three-minute film, which is what Super 8 is. It's going to be a three-minute film. Um, and I can't see it's going to be a thing that I'm ever going to do a lot of. It
0: sounds like fun, though.
1: Yeah, I, I can absolutely see it being a thing I do once, maybe. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that if you have a project in mind, you you want to have a clear idea about what you want to do and then go about doing it. Yeah, it wants um, to be
0: like a family holiday or Christmas or something like that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. Because I was thinking about this earlier. We, we talk a lot about how taking photographs on phones you know, a lot of the time they don't go anywhere or you know they're just on there and maybe you share them somewhere and maybe you can you know, perhaps one day get them printed but that's exceedingly unlikely but that is multiplied by a factor of I don't know how many for videos you make it's so easy to make a video on our phone and then that's they never see the light of day anywhere we're never doing anything with them I've taken countless videos of my kids over the years and at best they make it to my computer but more often than not when the phone dies they go with it two years later um, because what do you do with that but to actually go to the trouble of making something and uh, yeah, making a special effort and really thinking about what you're doing as we do with all of our film photography that might be more meaningful um, the one thing that <laughs> I haven't quite got my head around yet because as you have heard and I'll again just for a quick rest, this is what this thing sounds like it's um, it's not quiet, especially when I bang it against the pop sound. Um, now, obviously, this is just recording video. It's not recording any sound, but you have something to record sound in the general area, and surely the only sound you're going to hear in your film is whoosh, yeah, the, the whir of the film. Um, but yeah, this camera's pretty good. You shoot 18 frames per second, which is that sound, 24 frames per second, or it's got slow motion. I don't know how many frames per second this is, but wait for it. I'm no, sure that's... I wouldn't use that too often. It sounds like <laughs> it'll tear itself apart. It's good. Um, it's got uh, this is another. Good, it's got um, a zoom on it. That's the sound of the very very slow zoom. And why <laughs> these are good mechanical sounds going on? Um, yeah, it's it's a fun little thing, um, and I would really like to one day use it to make something. And I think. It, at that price point if i can budget 50 something pounds then at some point in the future i think i will use it but it will be as i said maybe it'll be for a family holiday or um some specific project um but yeah i am quite keen to give that a go so as you can see quite a diverse haul from my car boot visit um I was quite, quite pleased like, about going, well, a lot of, what a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> what, what,
0: well, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and well done. Some good, some good stuff there. And I tell you what, look, I, I look forward to seeing uh, a real film a movie that you've made of, of whatever the project is, which actually is a pretty good segue uh, because uh, just after this short break, you're going to tell us about making darkroom prints for your camera club.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was a real triumph as yeah. well.
0: All right, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, listeners, one of the things that uh, certainly in the UK is uh, a slightly old-fashioned photographic experience uh, is to be a member of a camera club. And to take prints to be judged by people who, well, you know, they're not necessarily the most avant-garde photographers in the world. Uh, Graham is a member of such a club and right now he's going to tell us his recent experiences of printing and then taking his photographs for judgment.
1: Yeah, I, I, first off, I want to give a, a big shout up to the Windrush Valley Camera Club Massive. What up, my Windrush Massive? Um there is literally no way that any of these people will ever listen to this podcast. Well, not after I, my introduction. No, no. Um, and, and to be honest, um, I don't think most of them would understand what a podcast is, even if it walked and in the face. But that said, I love my camera club. It's a really nice, small camera club. And I joined up at Arden, oh, must be getting on for a couple of years ago now. Uh, because at the time, I, I, I wanted... To, to, to get more conversations about photography and just, I don't know, to get involved with people who had the same hobby. And it's been great for that. They're just a really nice group of people. They do not take it too seriously at all. Um, and it's just, and after the judging every month, they have tea and biscuits. So, result. Um, and the format is that they give us this list of topics at the beginning of every year or the beginning of every season saying okay this month this is the challenge and so on and so forth and you shoot pictures throughout the year and get them all ready and turn up with them and then some outside judge comes and looks at them and says he doesn't like mine and then moves on to other people so <laughs> he likes them a lot more and um i get very upset about it um and um but no it's good fun and one of the big advantages of joining this camera club is that it has encouraged me to print a lot more stuff. Now, up until the beginning of this year, that was getting prints made digitally. I I don't have a printer at home, but I would send stuff off to the uh, lab. I used DS Color photo labs or whatever they're called, DS Color, for getting my prints done. They're always really good quality and really good turnaround time, and I've never been disappointed with what I've had back from them. Um, because I wasn't printing off any of my pictures. Uh, I was never getting anything done. I was taking lots of shots, both digital and film, and never doing anything with any of them. And so the camera club, because (laughs) there's a minimum order, and actually it's not a minimum order, but because the postage is quite expensive, more expensive than the prints are, it always encouraged me to print off a load of stuff um, more than I needed just the camera club. So that was the big benefit. And Now it's encouraging me to do stuff in the darkroom as well. So it got to the beginning of uh, last week. Son of a... Prints. Yeah. So so I haven't been keeping up to date with getting prints done or indeed taking the photos for these assignments for the most part. Um, And it got to the beginning of last week and I needed three prints for the assignment and the challenge this month was people so it's a really nice broad subject and actually in the last year I've taken some pictures of people Uh, Fortunately, I took pictures over at the the bike gathering and pictures of family and in general so there was stuff out there to take shots of but I did not have enough time to get prints ordered or indeed the desire to do so so I jumped into the darkroom and thought okay I'm just gonna run off three prints of competition Um, standard of my competition standard (laughs) my competition standard what you have to understand is that my standard is very very low um i have only been using the darkroom to make prints for a few months now i think i started i can't remember april something like that i've had the stuff for way longer than that but only actually started this year and i've only made prints a handful of times if that at this point so i am an absolute beginner um and i'm getting better at it in the sense that i'm managing to clean my negatives so i don't have dust all over the prints and stuff like that now um but it takes me a really long time i made three prints that took me the best part of three hours to do so which is ridiculous um And the print quality wasn't amazing at the end of it because whilst I'm getting better at creating the correct exposure and contrast level using filters because you use different filters in there to give your pictures different contrast levels. So I've got um, a pack of Ilford print filters and there's five filters in there and number one adds a very small amount of contrast and you don't really have to adjust the exposure time for that. Number five really smacks in some heavy-duty contrast, and you need to adjust the amount of uh, exposure time to give that, because it's a much darker thing. So I'm getting a bit better at that, but it's still slow going, and I haven't at all got my head around dodging and burning, which is where using your hands or pieces of paper or whatever tool you need to basically shade certain areas and allow more light through to other areas so that super bright areas can get darkened down or super dark areas can be allowed to be lightened up a bit more and things like that. I haven't got anywhere near doing that yet. And I really need to, because one of the things that I got pulled up on by the judge was that, um, one of my pictures, a picture of my partner and her son, um, the her hair in the picture the the highlights were blown out so it lost all detail in there um, but still it was really good fun to get in the dark room and I before I started using the, the dark room this year to make prints I had in my head that this was going to be a really difficult and arcane process to do and making prints in the dark room is phenomenally easy um, alright that sounds good it, it really is and you can prick up Secondhand enlargers pretty cheaply these days. There's a lot of them around. I think I picked my one up for fifty pounds, and it came with some trays and various other bits and pieces. And you, that's pretty much all you need. You need an enlarger. you need some trays to develop in, um, some jugs to measure chemicals and then some chemicals, and a thermometer. But to be honest, even the thermometer is not super important, and that's it. Um, and so, if you can, if you've got a room, you can make dark. And the classic thing is using your bathroom as a as a dark room because you've got the water in there. It's so easy, um, and I would definitely recommend anybody who's ever thought, "Well, I'd quite like to give that a go." Try it. It's is definitely one of those things that is super easy to get into and you will spend a lifetime trying to master it. Um, I look at the works of people just on Instagram who are my, you know, um, a lot of the guys over at, um, and um, like kit young one, three, five we've mentioned before, um, who do fantastic prints and, you know, do these lovely big prints of mountain properly and the quality is superb. And there are various other people on there. Um, I've been seeing Paul Bicker was doing a load of prints recently and just seemed to be banging through them and creating all these lovely prints really, really rapidly as opposed to me taking three hours. Um, So there's there's a lot of work and practice to go into it. But to just get started, it's easier than developing your own film in a lot of ways because you're not doing it in total darkness. Um, You're doing it all under this lovely red glow and um, there's a lot of fun to be had with it. So... Yeah, if you've ever fancied trying it, it's really easy, and I would definitely recommend it. Mm, um, easy enough that even I could do it. Oh, absolutely, dude, absolutely. I think you'd have a lot of fun doing it as well. Um, there's just the people always talk about that thing of seeing your image come up as it's just floating around in the chemicals, and it's true. The, 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 there's something quite magical about putting a white piece of paper in and then suddenly this picture appears on it, and yeah it's delightful and i for for people who are into film photography and go to all the trouble of spending their money on film and use these you know less automated and more arcane cameras and go through all of those hoops part of it just feels like even if it's not a thing you do often or regularly or anything like that just seeing that process through from cradle to grave, it's worthwhile, even if you only do it once, because otherwise it, you're missing out on a part of it. And, um, yeah, if, and if you haven't got the room to do it at home, find somebody else who's got a darkroom room setup. Just go there and have a play and try it out. Because, you know, it's, it's certainly not going to be for everybody to do all the time, but it's nice to just do it once, um, because I think it is... It was interesting talking to uh, talking to some of the people at my camera club because most of the people there are older uh, and back in the day were doing darkroom developing themselves. And the judge this week, actually, he'd done darkroom developing, so it was quite nice that for once one of the judges looked at my pictures and went, um, yeah, this might be a darkroom print. This might be a wet print because normally they just assume that it's a digital print because everything else is, and then go, hmm, yeah, they've used Photoshop to add this grain filter in and I don't really <laughs> like it. It's like, it's not... And why is it black and white? You should have stuck with colour. like, it was black and white film, and it was grainy black and white film. There's a limit to what I can do. Uh, I at least didn't have to listen to that. Um, so, yeah, it, it was fun. And um, it's just... Uh, there is something motivational about going to a camera club. It, it does give me a reason to at least try and have prints made every month. Uh, I'm in a, uh, I, I need your advice for the next one, because the next assignment I have, the next challenge in a month's time that I have taken no pictures for is portraits, posed portraits, in natural light with a reflector. Oh, with a reflector? That's with a reflector. specific. Yeah, I know. Last year the guy gets it all just natural light portraits. Right. And we doubled down on it. And I, oof. so hmm. so I'll be coming to you to pick your brains on that one because um, running out of natural light as well at this time. <laughs> I've well, left yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Late.
0: Not a lot of it about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get some Delta 3200 out for that one. Okay. Yeah. Good idea. All right. Well, Arch. So yeah. Sounds like the message for an is join a camera club and, and print some stuff in a dark room, which is not usually the sort of message you hear on photography <laughs> podcasts, but definitely there's something in it and and you know we all do yeah we, we've said any number of times we, we do this pro, this project, this podcast, whatever uh, this podcast, because of the connection. It gives us, uh, you know, in this case to uh, people all over the world. And actually, we're going to talk about the Sunny 16 selfie uh, challenge uh, in in just a moment. Uh, But, you know, if you've got a bunch of people you can meet face to face with locally um, who have differing views of what constitutes photography, uh, it sounds like there's a conversation to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's nice to go and be with people who have a similar interest. And also... It's good. There's this thing that I think we, you know, it's talked about and we kind of know about with social media, that we will follow people who are interested in the same things, and like with Instagram, we're going to follow accounts that have aesthetics that appeal to us, and so you end up in quite a little bubble of things that you already agree with. And the great thing about going to a, a camera club or a group, or I mean, I know that you know Meetup.com has all sorts of groups all around the world. Um, that there are going to be all sorts of people there who have all sorts of different ideas. And I love going there and just looking at how everybody else has interpreted the pictures and getting ideas from them and just seeing how other people see the world in a way that I wouldn't see on Instagram because, for a start, most of these people (laughs) barely know what computer is, let alone what Instagram is. Um, (laughs) So you're just seeing a different viewpoint. But yeah, I think there's a lot of value to getting out and catching up with a group of people in real life to share your work with and get feedback and to be exposed to other people's stuff Uh, Instagram, Flickr, all of these places are great for doing that but there's nothing quite like real human on human interaction
0: Okay. message received and understood everybody that listens, stop listening, go out and join a camera club (laughs) Uh, but not before, not before we have a quick review of the Sunny 16 Selfie Challenge. Uh, So having said that everything is about meeting up with people uh, and having face-to-face, person-to-person contact, frightening in the 21st century, uh, the Sunny 16 Selfie Challenge, uh, we are drawing this to a close. Um, temporarily maybe because there's a there's a period coming up uh a a traditional winter time period of the year where often uh people get silly jumpers as presents uh i'm talking of course about christmas jumpers and uh it may well be that we temporarily reactivate the sunny 16 selfie challenge just for christmas so that everybody can show off their jumpers uh why else do people buy you funny jumpers for christmas
1: I have no idea. People yeah. know better than to buy me silly jumpers for Christmas because i tell them where to get off.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, we wanted to uh, make mention of some of uh, the most recent Sunny 16 selfies uh, by way of uh, closing off this challenge. And... Uh, Dare I say it, uh, I think Greyer may have uh, a special surprise for us at the end of this in terms of uh, a next challenge, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, so there are uh, today actually six photos in the Sunny 16 challenge that we want to give out a shout out to. Um, firstly, thankfully, uh, with clothes on is a bathroom selfie. <laughs> now,
1: and also, thankfully, not on the toilet. Can we just clarify that as well?
0: No, no, de- uh, definitely a, a, a standing up mirror selfie uh, in the bathroom with clothes on. So I would like to say hi to Alex Ward. Uh, thanks, Alex, for posting to our Flickr group, uh, uh, the Sunny 16 podcast Flickr group, of course, uh, your selfie uh, taken with uh, a, a lovely looking TLR. Uh, said so you said in uh, an auto cord in the... Uh, in the metadata that you've put into Flickr. Of course, it's a bit difficult to read that backwards uh, in, in in a photograph, uh, but looking good there. And uh, thanks for the other photo that you've posted, not a selfie, but the other photo that you've posted to our Flickr group as well. Uh, next up, we have Expect Grain, uh, our buddy Eddie, uh, who we talk about every now and again. He has uh, shown his hand with a lift selfie. So he's in an elevator if you're in America or a lift if you're in the uk uh clearly with a mirror against one wall of it to stop you feeling claustrophobic when it breaks and (laughs) he's also showing off a little bit because he's using a leica m2 Uh, so pretty fancy camera there uh for his selfie and as an extra bonus (laughs) as an extra bonus he has an unidentified kid in the photo with him as well
1: um i'm gonna assume that that's his son maybe I, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to assume that that's his son
0: well he could have just been some other random person in the list he could just it? be
1: kidnapping some child you're right I'm I, sorry Eddie I shouldn't just make assumptions you're probably kidnapping a child
0: um, yeah maybe maybe I mean it's, it's difficult to tell uh, with his face behind a camera but you know he sort of looks the type <laughs> doesn't he
1: <laughs> I'm, Eddie's local to me I'm backing away from that statement that was A that said that not me
0: it's all right you know it's it, it you know local's a thing it depends on where you live and he's local to you but he's not local to me so true, true. okay next up a couple of shots actually from alex purcell so this you know, two alexes in in uh one week but uh alex purcell has uh given us um uh, two very interesting photographs actually the first is that he's taken a photograph of a negative. So I'm pretty sure Graham's going to call this meta. Um, mm-hmm. But uh,
1: So meta.
0: Yeah, I knew you'd say that. And he's tagged it on Instagram with the Sunny16 selfie uh, tag. And it seems to be... Uh, that he's taken a uh, a shot sort of lit from the side uh, of him, um, developed the negative, hung it up to dry, and then taken a photograph of the negative hanging up to dry, which is quite an achievement in itself, because he must have figured out some way to backlight it or something so that it, yeah there was actually a photograph to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, good, uh, good effort there, certainly. And uh, then his second shot... Uh, which has been posted, I think, a, a little while back to, to the Instagram, but more recently to our Flickr group. It's just an amazing yeah, rock star musician type of photo. He's attached the camera to the end of his guitar, uh, but it looks like it's a really, really long exposure because uh, there's a huge amount of movement in everything except the the, the head of the guitar. Well,
1: uh, you know what this is, don't you, Aidan? That's a pinhole camera he's done that with. Is it? it certainly is mate That that, that is a, an awesome shot yeah, he clamped a pinhole camera onto the end of his guitar um, because it, I remember him saying at the time he felt guilty about both clamping the camera and clamping his guitar um, but well worth it Uh, that's a great shot and just one of the many reasons that I've decided I I need to learn the guitar because it makes you look cool Um, and smoking obviously also makes you look cool but the lung cancer's put me off that so I'm going to go with learning the guitar to look cool (laughs) instead.
0: I did wonder when I saw this photo if it was why you sent me a text message in a week saying I need
1: to learn the guitar can you help me? (laughs) It's a big motivator it really is
0: okay all right so thank you alex for both of those and last oh no not last actually penultimately uh say hi to neil piper who uh hi neil hi neil uh who has sent us a selfie from his car um quite why he's looking at the camera and not on the road i don't know uh although just yeah he has some mirror shades on so <laughs> who knows he what mirror he's doing
1: shades and a check shirt so i think by chris's definition he is mad hipster he, he is one one hat and beard away from total hipsterdom
0: i think what happens when you live in rural oxfordshire as you mentioned earlier on is that that your definition of hipster is a lot broader than us city folk
1: <laughs> that's possibly true yep, yep. It, it, and just not like... covered in dirt, basically is a hipster as far as i'm concerned
0: <laughs> uh yeah so thanks neil for this one uh taken with the camera that i actually had to google Because I'd never heard of it. Um, It's called a Helena Prefect. Um, And I always think of Helenas as being, you know, 1980s 110 point and shoot cameras. Uh, but this is a six by six, I think.
1: Yeah. No, I mean you it's surprising when you look back to the history. Helena have been making subpar versions of almost all format of camera. They've been making crappy thirty-five millimeters, crappy six by six pseudo TLRs. They've they've really cornered the market in not very good cameras across the spectrum. It's oh, crazy, <laughs> isn't it? I mean I read
0: this. The Helena Pro Prefect is a six by six pseudo tlr and i didn't even know what a pseudo tlr was uh although i think i understand a bit better now that uh it looks like a tlr uh, but only one of the lenses actually works and so you don't actually get the uh you don't get the waste level finder with with the um with the ground glass that allows you to actually compose i think it's more of a just sort of point and hope
1: yeah the the, the main difference is because i've got um a kodak um Duoflex, I think it's called, which is the same kind of deal, uh, although it's much more. The the difference between a TLR and a pseudo TLR, in short, is that on a TLR, a twin lens reflex, you're looking down to the top onto a mirror that then looks out through the top lens, and you have a ground glass focusing screen. And when you focus the lenses, it moves both the top and the bottom lens so you can focus properly. Um, with a pseudo TLR, the top lens is fixed. You have a mirror that looks straight out through it, but there's no focusing screen, as you said, Aid. And any focusing that you can do with the bottom lens, so they may have, you know, very basic people, trees, person settings on it, or they may not even be that. But I think on the Helena, I think you can do some focusing on it. It may be zone focusing, or um, it may have the measurements on it, but that isn't affecting the top lens at all. So you can't see whether you're in focus or not, but you can at least see whether you're framing up the image.
0: Beats me. But it was a great, great, uh, great selfie from Neil. And then, last but definitely not least, uh, we've got to mention Corey, our guest from last week, who has posted yet another uh, pinhole selfie. Uh, this one, though, must have taken quite a while to do because it's indoors, for one thing. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine you get particularly quick pinhole exposures <laughs> indoors. No. Uh, but it's, uh, it seems to be one of the uh, the inside of his house and he's, he's put onto the in- Instagram, uh, there are four people in this picture. Can you How many can you find? And he's clearly taking the picture and he sat quite still on the couch, so that's okay. But there are other people, hopefully not ghosts, uh, hopefully members of his actual living family uh, who are in the picture almost as shadows because they haven't sat still long enough to uh, for the camera to pick them up. So, you know, all in all, uh, do you know what, mate? I am super, super pleased I know you just did this on the fly and said everybody go out and take some selfies. But I'm really pleased and I want to say thank you to everybody that's participated uh, and all the different things. I mean we've had a huge range of different approaches to this, you know, some in stacks from me, some you know, uh unhelpful shirt off shots from you, uh and then and then and then some you know quite you know some quite artistic stuff. And I just want to say thanks to everybody that's uh participated
1: yeah it's been really good fun I have still got uh, I, I was talking to you before we got on the the um, show recording that I am in the really frustrating situation at the moment where I have got several cameras with two thirds to three quarters of a used film in them and that I really just need to start finishing some of these up because it's going to hit like a bloody cascade and then I'm going to have a million shots to try and deal with um, and I have got more uh, selfie pictures there um, so you may well see more of them coming up for the next couple of weeks but that said we're going to draw a line under these for now because we need to move on to uh we do new
0: things eh? we need to move on to new things and do you know what I'm thankful because as we record this uh, hopefully it's not being picked up by the mic but there's just a cracking thunderstorm that's happening in, in my awesome. neighbourhood at the moment and you mentioned earlier that there was some lightning or something as well so mm. you know, I, what I'm hoping is that the, the, those last ends of the rolls of film uh, it's going to be cold enough that you'll have to keep your shirt on <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if it's really cold... No, I was going to say something about firming up my nipples. I just did say something about firming up my nipples. Oh, well. Um,
0: All right, moving swiftly on then. Um, (laughs) I believe uh, that it's time for the second round of the Cheap Shot Challenge.
1: Holy cow!
0: I know. And so we are going to have a short musical break, and then we're going to come back and there'll be some rustling noises and some shouting and and hilarity as Graham picks from the box the next category for the Cheap Shot Challenge
1: I'm so excited Breaking News it's round two of the cheap shots challenge. Hooray! Yay! Oh, I I genuinely am so thrilled about this because I, I I've got to win back some glory, having <laughs> I mean, lost round one. Um, I've, I've got to pull, got to gain some face again here. The cheap shots challenge. A very quick recap for anybody who has joined us since we did round one which um, wasn't that long ago now, although when we first started, it was an awfully long time ago. The Cheap Shots Challenge is something that we are undertaking to prove that film photography does not have to be an expensive hobby. It can be done on the cheap. And to show this, what we want everyone to do is to go out, find the camera for well the original budget, was 20 English pounds or whatever that converts to in your native currency, whether it's dollars, yen, rupees, rubles, krona, euros, whatever it may be, um, 20 pounds. And you can't use a camera that you've already got. You have to go and find one. Um, And the 20 pounds originally was to cover a camera and some film. And once you've got your camera, the first challenge last month was to go and shoot street photography with it. We're about to find out what this month's challenge is going to be. Once you've got your camera, you keep that camera throughout. So you're locked into this system. So uh, obviously, Aid and I, we both got our cameras for last month and quite a few other people did as well. If you weren't around for the assignment last month and you're just hearing this now, it's it's never too late to get involved. The, just jump on in you get that budget of 20 pounds to buy a film and some camera um we're gonna have to sit a, a budget fil- a for- film
0: and some camera
1: a film and some camera. A yeah. film
0: and some camera for twenty pounds. Although it is worth saying that since we originally conceived of the rules of this game, uh, the the S- sterling has crashed somewhat <laughs> spectacularly. So it worked out at something like you know thirty dollars US or something like that. Just yeah, we're we're fairly relaxed about this thing. We're more keen that people participate than uh, than stick to the rules. Uh, but no, going out and buying likers, please, because that's cheating somewhat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now. Um obviously we're going to need to set a budget again for the revisit now. Um, I think probably the easiest way of doing this rather than setting a fiscal budget is to say, you can buy a roll of film, a new roll of film for your camera, or in the case of people like Cole Miller, who bought a Polaroid camera, we will allow you to get a new pack of film because that's going to cost you 15 pounds or more. Um, So, buy a roll of film if and if you want to buy a cheap accessory actually let's should we set an accessory budget aid oh
0: this is um, getting to be the expensive shots challenge but yeah let's well, go no no it. no.
1: i'm gonna say uh, by, by accessory i mean you can spend up up to five quid on an accessory if it helps with this budget so is <laughs> that
0: like a battery or something
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly a, a roll of tin foil if that helps um so yes if you already have your camera for a cheap shots challenge buy yourself a roll of film uh not an expensive roll of film, though. No. Let's say a, a maximum of, I don't know, the film varies too much in cost. Just don't go buying any super expensive film. You you get the idea. Let's keep this cheap. And uh, if you want to buy yourself a cheap yellow filter or whatever it may be, something for under five quid, then we'll, we'll allow that as well. But now we need to find out what the next challenge is going to be. So I have with me the Holger box of choice. Um, for those who don't remember, the categories were originally chosen from the list of photo categories on the 500px website. So, if you want to see what a full list of the categories in this box are, go to 500px and just use their drop-down menu. The only one that isn't in this box is nude photography because um, Aid made me take it out because he's worried that I, you know, get my selfies on the go for that. So, I'm going to reach into the box. I mean we've got a lot of lovely autumn colour at the moment. That'd be good. Um let's see what we've got. Oh I'm open okay. Okay, here we go, yeah. <sighs> Are you ready, Aid? No, but do it anyway. <laughs> okay, the, the subject for round two of the cheap shots challenges Animals or wildlife? That's animals slash wildlife. Oh, bloomin' heck. Yay! Okay. okay well, that's pretty so, a, a lot of people have got pets. Um, so, you know, lots of... Neither of, of us uh, do, though. <laughs> nope, nope, but uh, fortunately, my uh, partner and my boys both have pets. Um, Zoo animals, are you, are you great at going out and doing nature photography, birds, stuff like that? Um... We know, you know. Alex has been out taking pictures of ponies up on the mountains lately, so he's he's already gonna be fine. It's it's. Uh, I don't think it's either of our strong suit, but at the same time, I don't think it's devastating for either of us either. I mean, I think your little one ten is gonna be at least, you know, it can it can do this.
0: I'm not gonna be out birding, though. I don't think with a 24 millimeter lens. <laughs>
1: If you look very closely with this microphone, that one spot there is an eagle. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. That might not be perfect for that. Um,
0: but wildlife is it, it, so animals or wildlife. Does it have to be animal wildlife or can it be something else? Right.
1: I, I would love to know what, what another definition of wildlife. Well, like
0: a would plant be. or something. I don't know.
1: No, that's no. Or a bug
0: <laughs> or a bug. Does a bug count?
1: Okay, yeah, bugs count. We will oh. allow bugs. Bugs will count. Um, yeah, anything that is living that is not a plant, I think. Yeah. Bugs, fishies, birds, cows, dogs, cows. smaller dogs, bigger dogs. <laughs> cows are really
0: interesting, aren't they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, gnus, emus, shrews. I can't think of anything else that ends in Uber. You've done pretty uh, well
0: so far, actually. I'm impressed.
1: um, So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what we get from this. Um, Because, yeah, it's it's a hard shift from street photography last time. But I think on the bright side, getting to a time of year where there's less light and it's hard to get out and about and take pictures just out in the world, something like this could give people the opportunity to really, you know, if they have got pets at home or access to local animals i'm hopefully going to be going to a stable in the next week or so to go and look at this racehorse i might be buying don't ask it's a long story <laughs> you
0: might um, be buying a racehorse
1: <laughs> <laughs> well not exactly a racehorse a point to point uh, you know what your best left soon is mended but but i'm going to be going to a stables at some point this week and i might try and get some pictures of some P- race peonies if i got any there Okay. Uh, I have to admit, the, the, of all the things
0: I thought you might say about what you're doing next week, buying a racehorse was not on the
1: list. <laughs> oh, you know me. I got monies to burn. Clearly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I did. does your Bentley have a tow bar?
1: Yeah, 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 it does, yeah, and a roof rack. It's great. Uh, <laughs>
0: you're gonna put a racehorse on a roof rack on a Bentley.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> It's yeah, <laughs>
0: just how yeah. you country folk roll, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is what it's like in rural Oxfordshire, baby. Um, <sighs> dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. We are probably going to be looking to run this until uh, this famous last words after the last one ran and ran. But this when's this show going to come out, Adrian? It's only a few days' time, isn't it? So uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, it'll be the 19th of October this show okay, comes out.
1: 19th of October. So let's run this, say, to the end of November. There's plenty of time and then we can switch it up for Christmas time. Um, good luck, everybody. Uh, if you hashtag your pictures with Cheap Shots Challenge and um, at us if you're using it Instagram or dump them in the flick of our... Uh, group on Flickr, which is the sunny 16 group on Flickr. um is it sunny 16 photo i can't remember what it is no it's S- sunny 16 podcast sunny 16
0: seem- podcast uh, well let's do the shout outs uh sunny 16 podcast on instagram twitter instagram instagram <laughs> in, 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 yes we uh, yes if you want to send us flowers uh instagram twitter Flickr, all sunny 16 podcast
1: the other place uh, you can share photographs and talk about what you're up to with these is the Pixelated Photographer Forums. Um, we've already got a Cheap Shots Challenge thread up there, but we will probably start around two thread up there as well. Um, and that's a great place to put pictures and also just to chat about what you're going to do and what you are doing and, and what cameras you're using. And if, you've, if you're if you buying a camera for it this time around because you missed out first time, get on there and tell us about it. We're really looking forward to hearing what people get up to.
0: Wildlife it is then. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, good choice. I think, uh, yeah, blimey, how am I going to do that with a 110 point and shoot camera? Although I guess you've also got a trouble because I think you've got you've bought the slowest camera in the world, haven't you? So um, you're, you're probably going to take blurry shots of, of wildlife.
1: I'm going to be going for some higher speed film this time than last time. I think that's fairly safe to say. <laughs>
0: I don't even have that opportunity. OK. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, everybody. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, going to be interesting stuff, which uh, brings us uh, pretty close to the end of this particular show. Uh, just a few shout outs. Um, I mentioned earlier on that I went to the Royal Horticultural Society's garden at Wisley yesterday uh, to have a look at the autumn colours uh, although I'll probably need to go back in two weeks time I know that Dave off of the forums was uh, thinking about going to Western Arboretum as well which is in uh, believe it or not in the west of England uh, which uh, would give him some access to colours as well is there an Oxfordshire equivalent Graham or is it just
1: all of Oxfordshire uh, there are. There's a place called Batsford Arboretum, which isn't far away. Uh, Westonbirt, as you mentioned, is probably one of the closest really big places to us. It's. Um just down outside Chippenham, isn't it? So it's, yeah. It's Something down, like that. I haven't been yeah, there since it's, I was it's
0: about nine years old. So
1: Not far off the M4, sort of down Chippenham, Bristol way. Um, and that is beautiful. It has fantastic autumn colours. So if you're in um, this part of the world and want to go and see somewhere, but yeah, a little bit later. Um, they also, it's just a quick mention with Western, but later on in the year, they also light the place up for... Um, Around, I guess they do it around fireworks night, around there, but they have all sorts of lights and you can go and do nighttime walks around there and um quite good to go and take different kind of pictures. Actually, it's probably in the run up to Christmas between uh, firework night and Christmas. So, oh, that something else like could be fun. Yeah, yeah, quite good if you want to do some nighttime photography and stuff like that. I've been around there uh, not with film cameras, only with digital, but um, yeah, it's quite a nice fun experience.
0: Okay, excellent. And uh, so, for another shout out, uh, somebody that you would like to uh, mention, and I'll probably crucify the name for which I apologize profusely, uh, but Lucas Gallos?
1: yeah lucas gallas is proof that there are some people out there who do use facebook lucas got in touch with me on facebook just to say hello um i think he started listening to the podcast i think he started episode one it seems highly unlikely he's going to make it to episode 20 but if he does he definitely deserves a shout out um lucas is also on instagram though and uh, i had a look at his stuff he's based over in vienna aid put a pin in that map we've got a listener in vienna cool. um And uh, yeah, he's just a lot of black and white pictures uh, around the city and public gatherings and stuff like that. Just uh, I really love shots that give me an insight into a different part of the country, a different part of the world, rather. And uh, yeah, it's all really nice stuff. So definitely worth a look at. And um, thank you very much, Lucas, to becoming our first continental European listener that we are aware of. I don't know anything in what do they speak in Vienna?
0: I believe it's German. Uh, although I I understand that there are uh, what you'd call dialects as well.
1: The other person or the other group that I just want to give a quick mention to again, which I mentioned earlier, yeah. is gagefilm.co.uk. They are the people that are doing the Super 8, and they also do 16 millimetre film. Uh, sales and developing and scanning just because they look like a really cool group and reading their website um which uh, at least on the phone (laughs) that wasn't perhaps the most fancy of websites but they are really keen to promote the media and sell films going forward and really make super 8 into a a product and a medium that has a life ahead of it and i think that's great and um so if you're in the uk and you have any interest in that check those guys out
0: Okay. him awesome sounds good to me sounds good to me now and i believe uh, a little birdie told me before we started the recording that we have an itunes review
1: <laughs> yes we do we have another itunes review thank you very much um and i think you've actually got who the itunes review is from don't you aid
0: uh yes uh somebody uh whose name is i as in the uh, the i that you see with i hate fb
1: what do you think FB stands for? No idea. No idea at all. It could, could be literally anything, couldn't it? Could be, could be. Uh, could, yeah, anything you like. <laughs> uh, we're, but we're pretty sure it's Facebook, right?
0: Oh, I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> Don't think I'm stupid <laughs> enough to go up against Facebook, do you?
1: <laughs> oh, I am, because I hate Facebook. Anyway, thank you very much, Um I hate Facebook. I I hate FB. Oh, God. It might not be that, and then we'll feel terrible. It might be somebody being Frank Butcher from EastEnders. That might be it. It might be I hate Frank Butcher, Um, although it's the US iTunes store, so that seems unlikely. Um, Thank you very much. It is hugely appreciated Uh, whenever anybody takes the time to do that. So thank you.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you to Chris, uh, pixelated photographer, uh, for hosting the longer form conversations uh, that spawn from this podcast, and uh, for helping us with tech support. Uh, thanks to Bill Owens for the show
1: notes. Uh, God, thanks that's to so good. Can we? I know do, those show notes are amazing. If you've had any interest in anything we've said, go to the show notes. They'll be far better than this show was. Uh,
0: Which, of course, are posted on pixelatedphotographer.com. And thanks also to Kevin MacLeod, uh, whose music, Honey Bee, uh, is used throughout this podcast and is available under a Creative Commons licence at incompetech.com. That really is about it. So I'm going to say goodbye uh, and we'll catch you next time around. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Oh, I can go and refill my vodka glass now. I've finished it all.
0: Right, and I'm going to study which countries in Europe speak which languages. <laughs>